Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Jingle All The Way. In the year 1996, I finally saw Schwarzenegger in the theaters. Oh, this is your first theater, Schwartz. I believe so. This is before Batman and Robin, right? Yeah, Batman and Robin was one year later, two years later, something yeah. like that. Um, of course, it's it's Christmas time. It's jingle. It's jingle on the way. Can you hear those jingle bells outside? There's lots of jingle bells outside because they're still building a building outside. I think they're taking the construction down. I think they're finally done. Okay. So maybe maybe today's guest is our last guest to be disgraced by the banging outside. <laughs> anyway, I'm Luke. I'm Matt. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sanctuary. Right on. And that guest, uh, he was here for Independence Day. He's back for more. Uh, hello, Mark Malik. Hi, I'm back for more 1996. I feel weird because I always say hello and then I say like their full name, which seems kind of like... It's a podcast, it's fine. Yeah, I guess you do that on a podcast. It feels weirdly wrong though, somehow. Have you deliberately just invited Mark for terrible films from 1996? <laughs> <laughs> films which I love, don't get me wrong, but... Well, I... I this wouldn't make my top five, but you know, uh, it's not. I I wouldn't say this is terrible, but we can get into it a little bit. But. Yeah, well, I guess with uh, us growing up, of course, we do our Christmas with the fam in the morning. But usually by late afternoon, Mark and I would be up to hijinks on Christmas. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, like, like folk na- hoot nannies and uh, movies. Did you go? Did you go to Galaxy Quest with me? No, I only saw Galaxy Quest one time, and it was um, at your house, and you put the alien track, alien voice track on it. <laughs> For the entire film, yes. That's the only time I've ever seen it, and it was possibly the hardest I've ever laughed at anything. I, I laughed, just cry laughed through the whole thing the entire time. Diet Pepsi, was that it? They're just like, yeah. occasionally, yeah. occasionally like, like Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, it was... I, I almost just haven't watched it r- real life because I just don't want to ruin the uh, the the experience. What is a good watching the actual movie correctly? It is a good one. Um, well, uh, Luke, I guess you can. You said this was your first Schwarzenegger in a the theater. You want to add anything else to that? I don't think we've told the listener what film it is yet. I know they can see the title, but that's did still I not say weird. jingle all the way at some point? Yeah, they would say that during outside. the music at the beginning, right? That's true. He does that as well. Yeah. yeah so I mean, it seems also like they have- clicked on it. Right. I know, it just feels weird not to say it. <laughs> Maybe you're a subscriber. I'm sure we've got like, fans who are such big fans, they just listen every week. Yeah, you know? just they're subscribed and it just rolls on to the next <laughs> one, so they don't know what's happening. If they're real fans, they look at it and they're like, oh, I wonder what it is this week. <laughs> <laughs> these, are the, these are the committed but lackadaisical fans we're thinking of here, yeah. right? which is why we have to say jingle all the way. <laughs> Um, Please get in touch and let us know your routine for listening to our podcast. <laughs> yes, how are, are they not mentioning it enough? Please please respond. We get like zero mench. I listen to your podcast when I'm murdering. <laughs> so, a listen is a listen, I don't care. As long as they're not so, murdering other listeners. Uh, yes. Uh, so it's a little bit, it's an interesting like mirror situation here because this was sort of after I stopped going to the theater for every Schwarzenegger movie. Um, yeah, that was, that was what I was going to say, because uh, actually that's pretty much the question. I was like, why didn't we see this? <laughs> um, I, I think, I don't remember which was the one uh, that came later, Eraser or Last Action Hero. Last Action Hero was before of, Eraser was about the same time or after, I think. Okay, I think Eraser was like, this is just not good and it's not doing anything for me. And um, after True Lies, it was just, it's hard to go from True Lies to Eraser because... Like I said in the uh, previous episode, I think James Cameron just spoils everything else by going so 
going so hard? Yeah. Well, we were like, what, 17 and nine year old, 19 year old, not 90, 19 year old punk rockers. So, I mean, Jingle All the Way probably wasn't really on the top of our list at the time. Yeah, no. And then, yeah, Schwarzenegger's star had faded just a touch at this point. uh, Yeah, Last Action Hero was not, was, I'll straight up say Last Action Hero was not a movie for me personally because it was like nostalgic and kind of a meta movie, which is not a thing I've ever really liked. I see, because I love that one. I have to get back to it. I think. Bet I would love it now, but at the time mm. I was like, "Oh, so so what? It's it's over. Schwarzenegger's over now. It's, it's, it's he's like the nostalgia now. I don't know. I guess that's the way Jingle All the Way works. It's either you're six years old, or you're coming to it like after twenty years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is probably the way to approach this one. I I mean I love Schwarzenegger enough that I watch all of his films, but <clears throat> I think after True Lies, it's not just guaranteed classic after classic, mm. which it kind of was before then. Yeah. yeah I, every, everything that I was old enough to see before whatever that was, Eraser, I would, I would watch all of it in the theater. So. Although I, was, I wasn't old enough for any of these. I was watching them when I was like three years old on VHS. So. <laughs> that's well, why I'm probably old enough for this. Yeah, that's <laughs> why it's the first one I got to see. So how was your theater experience? Was it magical with like lutes playing in the distance and all that? Um, I do remember enjoying it. I remember very distinctly my parents not enjoying it. <laughs> and this was like the two films I remember them taking me to see when I was a young kid were this and the Power Rangers movie. And they hated both. <laughs> so I didn't have a good track record for that. Well, this pairs really nicely with Power Rangers movie because it sort of imagines a world where Super Sentai is produced in the US. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's something I'm definitely going to get into. <laughs> really weird, yeah. Um, so I, I, I sort of tasked you with that story. You want to tell us the story of this film? Okay, I've got it. I hope this isn't too long. It can't be longer than the ones Matt does. <laughs> okay. It's the night of December 23rd. Howard Langston is an all-American mattress salesman who is such a workaholic that he's constantly missing major events in his family's life. After missing his son Jamie's karate exhibition, he has crossed a line and is beyond forgiveness in Jamie's eyes. Unless he can get him the Turbo Man action figure he really wants for Christmas. Unfortunately for him, Howard didn't remember that his wife Liz asked him to get a Turbo Man two weeks earlier, and it's already Christmas Eve. So it's time to go find a Turbo Man. Waiting outside to get into the first store, he encounters a screaming, psychotic mailman named Myron Larrabee, who is seemingly even more desperate for a Turbo Man than his, for his own son. Uh, Howard experiences an endless series of disappointments, being laughed at by salespeople, buying Turbo Man's sidekick booster by mistake, losing a no-holds-barred scavenger hunt at the mall to a small child who accidentally catches the prize ball, and being sold an incomplete Mexican Turbo Man by a massive counterfeit toy Santa ring which he then has to fight his way out of. Meanwhile, Howard's creepy neighbor Ted is actively trying to replace him by spending all day with his family and eating their cookies. Howard eventually then ends up despondent at a diner along with Myron, who shares stories of how terrible his childhood was while Howard recounts what a great father he is. Suddenly, they hear a radio DJ announce that he has a Turbo Man doll to give away, and the rivalry is back on. They fight each other all the way, up to the radio station and violently corner the DJ and give him the answer to his trivia question, only to find out that the prize is a gift certificate for a Turbo Man and not the actual product. And the police have also been called. The two escape thanks to a mail bomb bluff from Myron that turns out to be a real bomb that doesn't kill anyone somehow. When Howard returns home dejected, he sees Ted putting the star on the Langston Christmas tree and it sends him into a blind rage that makes him break into Ted's house to steal his own son's Turbo Man and though he has a change of heart halfway through, he accidentally sets Ted's house on fire and ends up in a fight with his foster reindeer. Disappointed with Howard, his family goes with Ted to the Wintertainment Parade, 
Howard sulks to the parade to find his family, but is made by a police officer who recognizes him from all the trouble he's gotten into within the past 24 hours. Howard runs away and ends up mistaken for the Turbo Man impersonator hired for the parade and is suited up to be on the Turbo Man float. And conveniently, Turbo Man is supposed to pick a child to receive a free Turbo Man doll. Howard spots his family who have just escaped from the lecherous Ted and picks Jamie to receive the action figure. Unfortunately, Myron has somehow outfitted himself as Turbo Man's archenemy, Dementor. He chases Jamie all through the street, but Howard is able to defeat him after figuring out the Turbo Man jetpack. After Jamie thanks Turbo Man for his help, he reveals that he was Howard the whole time. Then Jamie has a change of heart and decides to give the Turbo Man doll to Myron as he gets carried off to prison. Because he has the real Turbo Man at home. Everything is all wrapped up until Liz asks Howard what he got her for Christmas, and the shocked look on his face tells us that he got her nothing. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe hung where you can see every couple try to stop. Rocking around the Christmas tree, let the Christmas spirit ring. Later we'll have some pumpkin pie and we'll do some caroling. You will get a scent. He's taken. He's taken the Turbo Man with him to prison. Yes. Yes. It's a good Definitely. thing he doesn't want presents because, at the very least, it's going to be a lot of fines. <laughs> he's going to trade it for cigarettes. Yep. There we go. One thing, um, a little odd about this film, for such a key plot point, we never see Sinbad's son. Right. Well, he could. I, I, I assume he has no family. I would just say, like, good filmmaking would be if that's such a big thing, you would show the son on screen, right? Mm. Maybe he I was, have one. I was hoping the joke was going to be that he has, like, a large adult son who's just a freaking <laughs> nerd. I wanted this action figure. Or he has just, like, a, a scarecrow in his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, something like that, right? Some gag answer. But... Yeah, yeah. So this is well, the mid-90s. That's when going postal was a big thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, was, that felt like the whole joke, and it was kind of... Uh, distasteful and I realized that I'm like oh <laughs> get it mailmen kill people that's funny What's, it's, I guess it's less distasteful in a few years later when they made the movie Postal well that's based on the video game yeah, which is just as distasteful the video game was also yeah. a few years later right? so, <laughs> yeah Postal has what is considered the best 9-11 joke ever in a film oh, I didn't know that I've never obviously never watched <laughs> I haven't watched it either but I know what the joke is and it's just some kind of scene is happening and a guy just walks out the walks out onto the balcony and a plane just hits a building. Because you just don't know it was 9-11. Well, do you know the film Remember Me? No. It's a schmaltzy... Um, oh, I've forgotten his name. Robert Pattinson romance bollocks film that completely tastelessly and crassly the sad ending is that it turns out he was in the Twin Towers on 9-11. Oh, God. The final, like, it, everything's wrapped up. He's got on with the girl. He's made up with his father. Then the final scene, he's just sat, sat at his desk and the camera zooms out and you see the calendar says, like, September 11th. And then it goes out of the building and he's in the Twin Towers and that's the ending. I hate it so much. It's awful. <laughs> like, really horrible. Bad. Isn't that how melancholia ended more or less? <laughs> no, melancholia it, straight up the first five seconds of the film you know what's going to happen okay oh uh, no twist for that okay there's no twist it's like hey this planet you see the planet heading towards earth and it's just like the entire movie is just about people like coping with it that, that's that is like the least bad Lars von Trier movie i've ever seen uh, we got a holly that's kind of sci-fi we could do that eventually yeah <laughs> We got a hollier, jollier one today. Although talking about Jake Lloyd isn't always holly jolly. No. <laughs> I guess you got to start where you got to start, and that's with Schwarzenegger. Oh, okay. I, I tried to preempt that, but sure. Well, because I was going to say, this film, I think it's a pretty okay Christmas film. I don't think it's a good Schwarzenegger film. Well, it's, because you could uh, replace Schwarzenegger with another actor without changing the script. Mm. That's not how you yeah. make Schwarzenegger films. He's not a human being. <laughs> it, it feels kind of like Schwarzenegger light. Like it does right. have some of the, the um, there are just these little pockets of great story in there. Like, yeah, this, like the entire counterfeit Santa thing was like, Oh, that was fantastic. They could have made that the whole movie and it would have just been like completely great. But 
There's a couple key lines here, though. Look, oh, there's some good, there's some like lines of John. Obviously, the put the cookie down. <laughs> no, <laughs> it will never get. I'm old. not a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you got to have a few of those choice lines. The deliver. I mean, no one else would deliver these lines that. Oh way. yeah, like it. It being a Schwarzenegger film elevates it. But if it had been, I don't know, David Schwimmer in that role, the film would have proceeded exactly the same beat for beat. Apart from maybe the fact that he's buff enough to be Turbo Man. Yeah, and that he can fight his way out of the, the counterfeit. Well, but he like. mostly just bluffed his way out of it. Yeah, he's a he's a agent, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> there's there's almost there's one thing that almost would work better with anyone than Schwarzenegger, and it's towards the end when um, Jamie doesn't recognize him. Right. With the Turbo Man suit. She's like, oh, Jamie, I think you'll be all right. And it's just like, he just doesn't know it's his dad. How many large Austrians are walking around? (laughs) Seven foot five. It was a voice modulation thing. That was the problem. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't get the voice right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I guess one, another reason I didn't see this back in the day is uh, I I said before, I think we did twins. uh, I was pretty hardcore disappointed by junior. So Mm. in 1996, I was not up for another Schwarzenegger comedy. Well, if you look at like the four main Schwarzenegger comedies, I guess Twins, Junior, Kindergarten Cop, and this, the ones that work best are Twins and Kindergarten Cop because the joke is that Schwarzenegger is Schwarzenegger. Whereas Junior and Jingle All the Way, it could be any male in that role. Yeah, I think he was excited to do this one. Oh, I really get to be every man now. Yeah, but he could never be the everyman. He's not. He's the Ubermensch. <laughs> so I never saw Junior. Um, did the baby come out of his dick? No, they have to C-section it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Now I don't have to watch it. That's got- the only reason you watch that film is to get the answer to that question. <laughs> we got Rob, the fantastic guy. He's coming out of my dick. <laughs> I want to see the X-ray cut. We just see the head pop out. <laughs> It's just like the uh, eyeball popping scene from Total Recall, but it just yep. lasts for like three hours. <laughs> That's just the film. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I, Junior, I, I don't know. Maybe I'd like it if I watched it now, but I didn't when it was new. Apparently, it's worth watching just because it's weird as hell. Yeah, I haven't watched it in weird. a long time. but It might have just been too weird at the time. Um, Sinbad, of course, is here. Best known for the mid-90s film Shazam. <laughs> yeah, of course. Was, was Schwarzenegger in that too? I don't remember. I, I no one remembers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, See, Matt, um, I'm willing to believe you actually are for a parallel universe where that came out. <laughs> I think they actually did make like a fake trailer for that a few years ago. Yeah, because Matty fell for it. And he was trying to give it to me and Rob that he was right and it did exist. Oh, I think we had that conversation. I think he I had that conversation like two days ago again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fully admit that when that first started going around, I did look it up. I was like, that's that's not true, right? <laughs> I, I had to look I did have to look it up. But no, I think uh, Sinbad is fantastic here. Um there is something about apparently all of his lines were just improvised and Schwarzenegger had to respond to them, which is like I put in my notes, it seems like there are more than two language barriers between Sinbad and Schwarzenegger because I think it's just that <laughs> someone who's just a master improv comedian and you know someone who's good but not not that not that right <laughs> schwarzenegger's very funny in otherwise serious films but when he's in a comedy he's not as good as like a straight up comedian oh god what was sinbad's tv show a different world thank you okay i just couldn't like dredge it out of my mind i guess because i didn't watch a different world but <laughs> it was good it's still good well, you talk about like Sinbad going postal and being a crazy guy and stuff, but he's kind of right in this film. Oh yeah, he is absolutely what he's screaming at people in, in line is like absolutely correct, and I couldn't really tell whether the movie like the understood that or not. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what makes it such a good Christmas film is that it does admit Christmas is just commercialized to fuck. <laughs> it never- yeah, it feels. It feels like weirdly neutral about the whole thing, which is kind of great because yeah. I was really expecting it to be more like pro-capitalism and it's just really kind of like, I don't know if this is a good idea. What do you think? It yeah. feels like the entire movie is like that. They never quite sharpen their blades enough for full satire, though. No, <laughs> but they but 
the fact that they did a bit of satire and then just snuck it out as a big budget family Christmas <laughs> release is pretty funny. But this, I don't think this movie would actually punch Jeff Bezos in the face. It would just kind of walk by and snicker. No, it would, yeah, it would do a, a like, lame Nancy Pelosi, like, oh, I'm making fun of you, but actually I'm just giving you everything you want. Well, remember, 1996 was a world where Jeff Bezos didn't, people like Jeff Bezos didn't exist yet. No. It wasn't, it wasn't that level yet. I don't think Walmart was even quite the juggernaut that it became. Right, the wealth did. But like, for like in this film, he goes to various independent toy stores. Yeah. The, the big evil like... corporation is the manufacturer. <laughs> it wasn't quite as ridiculous a capitalist hellscape as it is now. In Japan, we sell a few independent toy stores hanging around, but I'm guessing the States must be out of those by now. <laughs> so even Toys R uh, Us is dead in the States. Yeah. It's been dead for a few years. I don't... There are a few independent things here and there, but, you know, you still have a few arcades left. Yeah, we yeah. still have Tower we Records. Just... We still have uh, Toys R Us. It's crazy. <laughs> Apparently, Tower Records is being brought back here as an online-only store that sells some things. I sells don't know. codes, I guess. Yeah, maybe. The finals to that. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Well, toys generally have been on a decline. Because oil is making plastic too expensive. Uh, and kids are more interested in video games and apps. And yeah, stuff. you can on the phone, I guess, now. That's why they keep trying to bring out these things like the Amiibo and stuff, where the toy is connected to the game. Uh, yeah, and I feel like an old person not knowing how Amiibos work. I'm just like, I don't know, what am I supposed to do? I go, I'm playing a video game and I go to a, a, an area and it's like Amiibo Station. And I'm like, what? The, the, uh, they don't do very much at all. Yeah. Luck, I like them because they're nice little figures of Nintendo characters, but they are not useful in any game. Yeah, it's <laughs> one of those things where it sounds cool, but I, I just don't have the incentive to make the, uh, to make the jump into yeah. figuring it out. Well, it's like, if they made it too useful, then it would ruin the game for people who don't buy them. But if they don't do anything, then it's like, why bother buying them? So they've kind of screwed the pooch. Is it usually just like an outfit? It's like an outfit, or you get like some bonus items, or... Sometimes it unlocks like a hard mode or something. Those ones are cool. Hmm. I have no idea what an amiibo is. I thought, I was thinking amiibo records. See these like Nintendo figures that have got the round base? Oh, okay. Those are amiibos. I touched them on the controller. Okay, Disney tried to do that a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disney Infinity, yeah. Yeah. I won a whole bunch of those and just gave them away to children, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have one, um, I have a Sum Sum figure. You ever played that? I remember it being a thing, but I didn't. You just a bunch of the kids are obsessed. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a thing where you scan your card like five more times and it gives you a little figure and then you put it on the screen and it gives you extra bonus power. So just, right. you know, arcade stuff. Mm-hmm. Gives you a reach around. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean... I hope not. <laughs> I, grew up, I was like super into Transformers and Transformers were literally that whole comic book cartoon universe was created to sell toys. So, yeah, I was massively upset when I found out just, I think, a couple of years ago that that only existed because Reagan signed some law that said yeah, that, um, legalized uh, advertising to children, basically. Yeah, because, I mean, I was obsessed with Transformers too, but I feel like there was a distinct like disappointment when I had the, the actual toys after maybe a week. Yeah. Like, well, I look... Uh, because I grew up in the 90s, at least the figures were almost as good as they looked on the show for me. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, pretty good time. Yeah. Some of them were just a brick, and like you fold out some arms, and that's it. It's transformed. <laughs> Here you go, kid. Oh, it's a cassette tape. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a uh, I had a perceptor, which was a microscope that was um, two times uh, two two times magnification. Nice. You know how useful that is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're old and you're trying to read, I guess it's two good. times useful. <laughs> Um, this film also is unfortunately it turns out to be Phil Hartman's last film role. Is he the cop? Yeah. Ah, he's the he's the creepy neighbor. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Yeah, he was so good, and unfortunately, he was. I was like, he was so good at being creepy that I was just kind of actively put off by him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> at the start. I'm thinking like, well, you know, he hasn't done anything wrong. Schwarzenegger's just been. And by the end, I was like, I hope Schwarzenegger just like lifts this guy up and rips him in half. He just kind of insinuates yeah. himself, like 
with slowly slow creepy tendrils. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was. Ugh, I hated him, but in, in a good way. He was very good at that. Yeah, yeah. I guess is is Bill Hartman dying when everyone stopped watching The Simpsons? Pretty much. I guess that's also the case. <laughs> no, that was Simpsons like season six or seven. It was right in the good the good spot. Yeah. Okay. No one... okay. I guess I had a few more years. Yeah. I just I have, feel like intrinsically like consider him like Simpsons guy as well. <laughs> I think most people agree that the show got was worse without him, but. I think it people really started falling off after like ten or eleven or twelve. That's what you always hear is tennis. Who did the McVeigh? Was he doing the McVeigh voice? No, that. It was Harry so. Shear. I think it was Harry Shear. Okay, just just checking. Yeah, I know. I know we got uh, yeah some. It would have been good Troy to have McClure McClure on him, screen yeah. with. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he was, yeah, he was supposed to be Zap Brannigan in Futurama, which would have been oh, very probably. Different. Probably would have been better, but you know. I do like Zach Brannigan, though. Right. Yeah, at least well, Billy West. At least Billy West is like one of the best voice actors. If you have to fall back on making right. him do an additional voice. Sorry, but for a second I thought you were going to be awful and be like, at least Billy West is alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're no dead voice actors. <laughs> I was like, fuck you. Oh, like, oh, okay, he didn't actually go there. And that'll be the next. That'll be the next big thing. Okay, we got. We're making a movie where all of the actors identify as dead. Well, <laughs> you know that like Lucasfilm is trying to do that, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> They're just gonna make Star Wars uh, Episode Five Point Five and just yeah. have everything CGI. I don't know. Like, have you seen the deep fakes? Though they're getting pretty good. I, I haven't. You know what? I haven't seen that many deep fakes. Uh, I guess I don't go look. This I saw one where they put. The scene oh in Step Brothers where they make friends, mm-hmm. but they replaced Will Ferrell and John C. Reilly with Schwarzenegger and Stallone. <laughs> wow. And it's pretty convincing. Oh, when, sorry, uh, just going back to Sinbad for a moment. Originally, the original thought, originally the original thought, that's too much originals, uh, was Al not Al Pacino, that would have been great. <laughs> oh, uh, God. I think it was Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Al they P- decided he was too short. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted someone like Schwarzenegger's closer to Schwarzenegger's size. Although Joe Pesci is a little older, so they could have done the joke where it was an adult son at the end. Yeah, yeah, that would have been great. (laughs) But now I want, now I want my. I think that was a Freudian slip. I want Al Pacino in that role, (laughs) (laughs) just actually like shooting people and stuff. (laughs) Give me the toy. (laughs) Putting their heads in vices, that sort of stuff. (laughs) Was that Joe Pesci? That actually was Joe Pesci putting head in the vice. Okay. Wonder if we could get Schwarzenegger into like a Scorsese film. Like, can we just do that? Might be a little late. Be. Yeah, because they do that thing like in The Irishman where they de-age Robert De Niro, but he, so he's beating people up. It's supposed to be a younger De Niro, but he still moves like an old man. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched that, but I did not think that de-aging has worked for most of the time. It didn't work for Jeff Bridges and Tron. It didn't work for. No, um, in the case of the Irishman, it's kind of like, well, they are that old, and uh, you, you, you kind of give them a pass. The but, only but, one that we've said actually worked was in Terminator. In Dark yeah, Fate, they did. In Dark Fate, they did Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton pretty well. That's also like cutting edge. That's probably yeah, and it was uh, for like twenty seconds. Yeah, it was like one minute at the start of the film. <laughs> Whereas I think the Irishman has like pretty extensive. And I think also they did it the other way around, right? Where it was different people's bodies and they just put the faces in. I'll give Tron a little bit of a pass too, though, because it was actually like, it wasn't like an actual person, right? Yeah, it was, it was, they got away with looking a bit weird and creepy because you were in Tron. (laughs) That's fair enough. Um, He did sort of have like the scratchy old man voice. I don't think they figured out a way to like, like D old, like I just watched some of the uh, Animaniacs reboot, Mm. which I don't know if you guys have watched that yet. It's, it's pretty good, but, um, like wacko doesn't really say the letter s like you he's you know he has that like older person thing where he's sort of like Shh. the only thing i've seen people sharing screenshots of it when they make insanely out of date references <laughs> it's a mixed bag which is kind of funny to me i don't know they they definitely they've they put trump jokes in there which is just cringy enough as it is yeah but the Animaniacs are actually supposed to be from the 1920s, right? Or 30s. So yeah. It would make sense that they would age in a, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> there's also, I, th- I think the first episode had two different songs like shitting on reboots. So, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, songs, right? Yeah. Um, 
Let's see, we did the Simba, we did Phil Harmon. Uh, yeah, th- this was Jake Lloyd's breakthrough. He had one more movie and then <laughs> left it off. He had a breakthrough, I, two movies, and a breakdown. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt saw my notes. Um, I, was, I was basically typing like, man, this kid, the kid in real life is much worse than the kid in the Turbo Man show. And then the credits come up, and it, and I was like, "Holy shit, it's Jake Lloyd!" Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, not good, not a good performance. Well, then also they're teaching him like karate. Like, when are you going to learn not to teach this kid violence? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you said yesterday. You had the kid fighting you the entire class. Oh yeah, got that. Doing like, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I tried to pick him up to get him off the table, and he just slapped me real hard on the head. <laughs> And, oh, and you found him, what, the first time you saw him, he was, like, wrestling another kid to the ground? Yeah, he'd warned me about this kid, and I just see one, like, attacking another child, I'm like, I bet that's him. And it was. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, like, he's seven years old, so it was easy to deal with him, but still, like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure Schwarzenegger could destroy Jake Lloyd in a fight, but... Ooh, he just maybe not. Uh, not anymore, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe not, sure he, I... It feels like in this movie they're specifically like playing well until he punches the reindeer. They're sort of playing him as like a regular, a, a man of regular abilities. Right, but I mean he lifts he lifts him up pretty easily and swings him around the room. It stuck in my mind more that he's drinking with the reindeer, but that was funny. The one bit I thought Jake Lloyd was good was when he's looking at Sinbad and sees Jake Lloyd, and he's there like drinking whiskey and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That was actually yeah, that pretty was, funny. That was super weird how they played up the whole um if you're if you don't buy a toy for your son that you're there he'll grow up to be Sinbad. Yeah. <laughs> like a weird <laughs> See that was when it was very pro pro capitalist. <laughs> yeah, but also during that exact same scene, Schwarzenegger was like, I remember back I built him an entire clubhouse and we, we hung out and it was great. I'm just like your dad built you an entire clubhouse and you're just going to not talk to him anymore if he misses your karate practice. <laughs> it's kind of... Uh, it's probably a few years earlier. Well, I think... I never quite get these films because as a child, I never wanted to spend time with my parents. The more my parents stayed at work and left me alone, the happier I was. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely felt like that because my my dad basically worked from home and my mom didn't work. So my, everyone was in the house all the time. Right. It's just like there was no escape. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what my brother and sister are going through at the moment because of like lockdown and stuff, but. Oh God. Yeah. That's, that can be, uh, I imagine that's pretty rough. I have, um, a roommate who lives in a trailer in my backyard. We just share a bathroom and a kitchen. Okay. So pretty easy. <laughs> yep. Sleigh bells Just, I guess, you know, I had my squiz at the wiki page, right? And the making of here was a touch interesting. Uh, one thing being that some people accused us of being a toy commercial, but they really were not prepared for the toys at all. So, yeah, did they even bring out the toy? It said they made 200,000 of one Turbo Man figure, <laughs> which I maybe sold okay. But, yeah, because uh, they sort of rush released this one, one or rush, rush made it. Mm. Um, once Schwarzenegger signed on, uh, it, instead of like a whole year process, it was like six months or something, so. It kind of just got spat out. <laughs> because to me, it, kind of. Sorry, it, f- it did feel like it was mocking toy commercials, so it didn't occur to me the toy would exist. The toy, yeah, the- me neither. I, it felt like a sort of an anachronistic toy. It looked like sort of a shitty toy. Yeah, it looked awful. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, I, I, it never occurred to me that someone would watch the movie and be like, I actually do want one of these. <laughs> like, it didn't look like that at all. Well, a kid might. Did you want a Turbo Man? No. No, okay. Just in fact, there was a scene in this film where he, when he's trying to get the Turbo Mans, he goes past a big display of 90s X-Men action figures. And that took me out of the film because what fucking kid 
watches this shit TV show <laughs> and wants this awful action figure when he lives in a universe where the 90s X-Men exists. <laughs> yeah, I had the same reaction to that. I was like, "There's look, there's like a thousand Wolverines right there. Um, also, it kind of bugged me when he got the booster and just threw it away. I'm like, yeah, I thought booster was pretty hip. Yeah, he still might as well keep the booster and he could have both, right? I thought booster yeah, was give cooler him anyway. Oh. Like I was like, oh, it was a cringer, uh, cringer. That's a horrible name. Uh, he Man's Tiger. Oh, Battle Cat. Well, that no, yeah, but the, the, but the, the, when the, he's um, not Battle Cat, he does have yeah, yeah, He's yeah. cringer. Cringer. But I right? think all it was is you get the cringer action figure and you, and just you put, put the, the helmet on, and now he's Battle Cat. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so I, I was actually more excited about him than uh, the He Man in a way. So well, maybe equally excited, but when I was five. I guess now's the time to mention it. I was super into Power Rangers around this time. And it is clearly riffing on that a bit. But like Mark says, it's weird that it's an American show. (laughs) Yeah, it feels almost like someone watched Power Rangers once and didn't understand it at all. I think that's exactly what it is. Because there's a a few visual motifs which are Power Rangers-esque. But the show is more like Adam West Batman. So this is this is some boomer who saw that his grandkids were playing watching Power Rangers and just assumed he knew what the deal was and clearly didn't. They stumbled yeah, into I a think, bit of Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I think if they made if they decided to make Power Rangers American with the budget that they originally had, it would look worse than the the show in this movie did. Oh, <laughs> ten times really, worse, yeah. Yeah. Like Japanese studios are very good at getting a lot out of a small budget. But, yeah, um, and they, they had years of backlog that they could just sell for I mean, I recent, the Saban Corporation. I saw recently a clip from like one of the most recent Power Rangers shows, and it looks insane. It looks amazing. <laughs> and it looks ten times better than the big-budget Power Rangers film that came out a few years ago. <laughs> uh, I, I missed that one, even though I, I heard it was good. But I, I didn't really watch Power Rangers back in the day. I sort of started watching just regular Ultraman when I had access to that. I think yeah. Matt probably got that first. Channel 69 and with half static. Well, the, yeah. It was Channel 69, too. Nice. The wild <laughs> thing is that Power Rangers is the one that caught on in the West. But here in Japan, Ultraman and Carbon Rider are both 10 times bigger than Super Sentai. Hmm. I was going to say the weird synchronicity of this film hit, which might be one of the reasons it was quite successful, is um, it happened to come out right in the middle of the... Uh, the the Tickle Me Elmo craze turned out to be the real-time one. <laughs> right. Like, this was, this came out the Christmas that tick, everyone was, like, killing each other for Tickle Me Elmo dolls. So that, I, I, when they made the movie, obviously, that wasn't what they were thinking, but it seemed to just kind of link up very nicely. I try to think, the few that I can remember, I think it happened with Furbies, happened mm-hmm. with Tamagotchis. Um, yeah, it's all tech stuff. None and of then after that, it was all, <clears throat> after that, it was all games stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, because action figures you could crank out pretty quickly. <laughs> like, there's never a shortage because they can make a lot of them really fast. Yeah, I feel like there wasn't. I mean, Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles were probably the last thing that I could think of that were really were action figures that were popular for regular kids. Power Rangers was popular, and I remember desperately wanting the Megazord and stuff, but I don't remember it being difficult to get hold of. I I don't remember any. I I mean I. I probably just don't know, but I just <laughs> I don't think of any action figure stuff. Like even stuff like the GI Joe aircraft carrier was expensive, but I don't remember there being any kind of shortage. Because I, I do remember, like um, you know, uh, in the eighties, going looking at the Star Wars section, like Target or Richway or wherever it was, and it was just like all Lobot, <laughs> <laughs> or, or and then the GI Joe would be like all Snow Job. <laughs> I actually went out of my way deliberately to buy a Lobot though. <laughs> I like Lobot. You need to go to the eighties, man. I had which a one is, Lobot. He's the one which that one is, he's Lando sorry. Calrissian's bald sidekick. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking of the uh, the what's the trash can one, the Gonk Droid. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you need to watch Solo if you like Lobot. Then I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and, um, me and my pals watched the trilogy a few years back, mm. and. For, I woke up, we were obviously drinking. I woke up the next morning and for each film I'd ordered on Amazon a really obscure character's action figure. <laughs> so over the course of the week I got, well, Wedge, he's not that obscure, but he's the boy. Then I got a Lobot and then I got a Nyan Nun. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I know the lighter of those two. I know that. 
That was a cool figure, though. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, that's what we were talking about the X Men toys. That's what we had to do. Like, they didn't have X Men toys, so we had to take the G.I. Joe and Star Wars figures and, like, hack them or modify them into <laughs> X Men. <laughs> I did have a few of the X Men, though. They were pretty sick. <laughs> I think I really just only had Transformers. Yeah, because in the 80s, all they had were the Secret War toys, and those kind of sucked. Right. Well, that was kind yeah. of the beginning of this, right? Yeah. Like, making. Making content to sell toys. Right. <laughs> Secret Wars was the original. We made this comic book to sell figures. <laughs> they should have made better figures. Should have uh, made ones the same size as the G.I. Joes or the uh, Star Wars. Because then Transformers and G.I. Joe was the same thing. They made comic books to sell figures. And then right around that time, the law changed and they could make cartoons as well. And that really blew up. Mm. And then Power Rangers, they were buying all these shows from Japan. And Japan already had the toys. So it was easy to just plug it in and sell it to American kids. Well, Transformers was just like yeah. shoving a few different toy lines from the 70s together, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, originally. <laughs> they just bought up I mean, a whole bunch of toys and hired Bob Babiansky to write a comic about it. Yeah, weird stuff. Like, um, I, I do remember, I think, uh, it must have been like eight or nine years old. Whenever Ultra Magnus came out, mm. you have an Ultra Magnus toy. It, it was basically, it was a white Optimus Prime. The plugs into the, the truck. Carrier on. Yeah. And it was like, what? What? <laughs> it was the most confusing thing because there's no explanation that is not in the cartoon at all. Not in the comic book. It's like, what? Why? It did, that was like, oh, wait. Okay. Something is yeah. weird here. And it's just because that was a different line. And Megatron was, I think, its own standalone toy. And mm -hmm. there's, yeah, like five different toy lines. But again, Turbo Man engenders none of this. We try talking about Turbo Man, we end up talking about every other toy, in the, well, the real one. Right, because right? Turbo Man was made by someone who doesn't actually understand this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally relevant because this is all, like, the movie's about toy madness. Yes. I don't know, this, um, like, going back to Scorsese, this movie does sometimes remind me of one of my favorite Scorsese films, After Hours. I don't know if uh, either of you have ever seen that. I'm not familiar like, with it, Matt. I'm, it's like yeah, a I might have shown you that for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, Dan, that older guy I was hanging out with. Dan, Dan, Bald. the dirty old man. Now he's yes. 50. <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's sort of about a guy gets locked out of his, his apartment in New York and just has to find his way home, and he just, everyone he encounters is insane. <laughs> I remember like, I just, thought... My uh, my high school photography teacher said that was the best movie ever. So of course we watched it. <laughs> yeah, but it's not the worst choice. It, it it definitely reminds me of it sometimes because there are these little pockets in in Jingle All the Way that are just like Schwarzenegger just ending up in in weird situations with just completely insane people who are just taking him along for the ride. But, One of my favorite scenes in After Hours though uh, is he's trying to make a phone call and Catherine O'Hare is just like. He's trying to remember the number. Catherine Hirsch is like, nine, two, three, 17. He's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> She's doing it just to be a bitch. <laughs> it's like no other reason. <laughs> I guess she's oh, trying to yeah. keep him in her apartment because she's nuts. But <laughs> I had an ex-girlfriend who did that to me when I was trying to remember my PIN code, and I forgot my PIN code and had to get a new bank card. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> So that works. You can break someone's brain doing that. <laughs> oh, the weather outside is frightful. But the fire is so delightful. Simply no place to go. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. And it doesn't show signs of stopping. Then I brought some corn for popping. The lights are turned way down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. When finally. The other, the, the big theme here, of course, is the capitalism for Christmas. Hmm. We just, you know, we did Starship Troopers, which chronologically is coming out right after this, but whatever. But, <laughs> you know, we, uh, we made the point in the Starship Troopers that, like, no one caught on that it was a satire at the time for some reason. Hmm. I did. Um, well, yeah, I did too, but... Um, <laughs> Didn't we see it together? I think we might Probably. have. Yeah. But this one, like, having just watched, I'm like, I know it's, like, so, kind of supposed to be a satire, but it's just... It, kind of seems mostly down with like insane Christmas capitalism in a way. Right, but that that is basically what Christmas is now. Yeah. So this is like the truest of 
most of the Christmas films I've seen recently. Yeah, in that way, it's very true. It's just like, listen, obsessed on his toy. Though, living in Japan for several years, Christmas has definitely lost some of its um, sparkle. And that's not a bad thing in Japan. It's like a holiday is just another day now, which I yeah. don't know. I kind of Christmas like is I get my Kentucky. Uh, yeah. Maybe I exchange some peasants with you guys. Yeah. That's about it. Like, like I said, I'd hang out with uh, Mark on Christmas later in the day, and I always felt like I was getting away with something in America. Right. Well, yeah, Christmas was always a, like, a big family thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> I've never like, hung out with friends on Christmas. Um, I'm a bad influence. <laughs> but when I look back, the Christmases that I remember really well, it is because I got some like, expensive gift I was excited about. It's because I got my Game Boy or a new game or a new toy. That's what I remember about Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I... I have a very like very strong memory of a Christmas where we got just a sort of a bunch of little things, but we left in my grandmother's house. My mom drove all the way to my grandmother's house to get the toys back. And it was like, Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's so nice of you to get all our stuff. <laughs> it was just like, there was a thing that was just like a dartboard where you throw like Velcro balls at it. Nice. I don't know. <laughs> and then Japan, it's like, well, once you're past 15, you don't get presents for Christmas. No. You just get money at New Year instead. Yeah. Well, um, we're not having Christmas this year because COVID is spiking super hard. Yeah, Christmas is canceled. The Grinch showed up. <laughs> well, yeah, Chris, much as I freaking hate him, Christmas is an Amazon holiday this year. Yeah. Like, I've received gifts which my parents bought through Amazon, and I'm going to buy my brother and sister presents through Amazon. Yeah, unfortunately, I guess that's how I'm going to do mine as well. <laughs> Giving it to the man. Although I actually noticed I haven't been ordering so much from Amazon recently. But yeah, yeah. Christmas is in our country. You kind of have to. Uh, yeah. Well, I read a lot of English language books. That's pretty much the only way to get them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Most of my purchasing has been like COVID stress purchasing. So I've bought like three times as many video games as usual this year. And I've bought three times as many and played half as many. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I, I bought a, um, I bought an Oculus Rift. Oh, so really? Like, the best escapism, just put a thing on your face and you don't live on Earth anymore. And... Have you fallen asleep in it yet? No. Apparently that's like a really <laughs> weird experience, waking up with the Rift on. <laughs> um, the, I'll, I'll say that the first couple of days that I... Um, the first couple of days I had it, I did wake up from like actual sleep. And then sort of looking around the room, like seeing, thinking to myself, am I able to interact with these objects? Right. It's got to so be better, was, in, weird. Th better in the Disney Quest VR. Oh, it's much better. Than <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> R.I.P. Disney Quest. Mark finally tore Disney down. Quest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all gone now. Well, remember when we went, we went in like 2009 and they were like, it was, they were talking about tearing it down then and... um they finally got rid of it in 2016. And I went the year before that. I went 2015. Very sad. They did have a very hip arcade in 2009, even if their VR section was crap. <laughs> it, was, it was still good in 2015, but half the games were broken. Ah, the best one was that one in, what, Tennessee, was it? Um, the mall. Yeah, there was some the Game the, Galaxy? Oh, that might be it. Yeah, they just had a, a very groovy selection of vintage games. And then Chicago, yeah. But uh, yeah, Japan, that is one thing. Uh, you find the arcades, but you don't find particularly old games in them. Not in like a place like Nagano. If you go to Akihabara or Nippombashi, you can. Yeah, yeah. But we still have we, them. That's nice. We also, have a round one now, so it's like we have Japanese games here in the ah, States, nice. and some of them are like maybe 10 years old. I don't know. They have candy cabs with like Marvel vs. Capcom 2 in them. Sick. Also, the, um, the department store, again, randomly has a bunch of old arcade cabinets in it. <laughs> yeah. They were like See, ghosts and goblins that. and stuff. <laughs> I, I really miss that when you just go to like Arby's and there would be a Donkey Kong in the back. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I don't think I ever even experienced that. Yeah, Maybe that, that a pinball table. That was about it. I think it sort of, that sort of ended in the 90s when you would just have arcade games in everything. Which is kind of sad because that was no, just we had money go money guzzling pub quiz machines. <laughs> those are fun too. I got an old one of those actually. It's like a Wheel of Fortune type thing, but it's called like phrase phrase craze or something like that. Right. But it has um, a, a custom ROM that has naughty phrases in it. Nice. Turn on, <laughs> which is just sort of they're not super naughty, but they're sort of like sex sex things. I hooked you up with a table flipping game, right? 
Um, if I didn't play it with you, I've definitely played it a couple other places. Okay. Do they have that in the States now? Huh? Do they have that in the States? Uh, yeah, round one. And uh, there was a uh, touring company that was bringing it to Dragon Con every year, but they just quit because of COVID, unfortunately. <laughs> Did they have got, Dragon Con? <laughs> not this year. That's yeah. part of why they quit. But yeah. um, I got really good at Groove Coaster. <laughs> I'm like expert level Groove Coaster. Real up, pretty good at U-Beat. Like, that kind of stuff was just starting to come out, I think, when I visited you last in, like, 2012. U-Beat's, like, the cube one with all the buttons? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. You think you're good at it until you see, like, a 15-year-old Japanese kid on it. <laughs> they are insane. No, I'm, like, level... <laughs> I'm, like, level seven. I'm not, I'm not super good, but I'm, like, competent. For, for someone even... who gets to play it, like, two times a year, two days out of a year. I don't even go in the rhythm section because it's just full of like superhuman <laughs> twinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the new one that's like dance rush superstardom where it's like a, the pad where you just sort of like make dance poses. Mm. Just the pose. Seeing someone good. It's both. It's like a pressure sensitive pad that tracks your movement and you like have to duck under little gates. It's, um, it's wild. You're just seeing giving, someone who's good at it. You're just giving the system information, man. Yeah, they're scanning my they're scanning you to make a clone. Yeah, they're gonna clone you. <laughs> Get your Selling deep fake ready. <laughs> oh yeah, speaking of deep fakes, um uh the guys who did South Park have a couple of like small YouTube things where they just have deep fakes doing doing the entire thing. Um it's I don't wanna give anything away, but if you watch it, I think it's called like Sassy News Report or something like that, but Okay. Yeah, check it out. Um, I guess I guess we should get back to the jingling. Uh, so, yeah, it sounds yeah. like we've pretty much used up all of our jingle all the way chat at this yeah, point. I was, I was, I well, just we haven't gotten to the jetpack yet. Oh, yes, that's why we're calling. That's why this is on a sci-fi sanctuary, <laughs> Turbo Man and the jetpack, yes. <laughs> um, oh, and the bomb also. I Because when he first, he's holding it, I thought, oh, it's not going to be a bomb. And I thought, wouldn't it be funny if it was a bomb? And then it exploded, and I was like, oh, my God, they went there. Then it cuts back to them, like, and they're all fine. I was pretty disappointed. I I literally screamed. I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, they're all dead. Yeah, that's why I wrote my notes, too. (laughs) They're all dead. This is the rare occasion where you make the film, like, X-rated by cutting a scene out. If you cut out the shot of them all fine... I think they should have taken that. I guess you can in a family friendly. I wonder if they did and someone made them put that in. It would have been PG 13. (laughs) (laughs) Then then it it just has to be the adult son who wants to have a turbo man coming to the theater for this one. (laughs) Yeah, there there are some very minor edits that would have made this like a fantastically absurd dark comedy. Maybe that's where, well, of course, you know, I was already a teenager when it came out, so I guess that just would have pressed a few points. That's where Bad Santa comes in again, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the jetpack, I imagine he would have killed himself pretty quickly with that. Well, no, he runs straight to a brick wall at one point, so that would definitely have killed him. Well, he's Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it really felt like someone was, like, just in some kind of mode of a game a cheat mode where someone was just like drawing a line, making a jetpack follow a path. It was, it was pretty bad, but funny because it was bad. I don't know. Yeah, it didn't. There, <laughs> it was... there were a couple of shots that worked, and there were a couple that were fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> and the voice modulation. What? <laughs> What's the point of that? <laughs> just, just to hide, hide Howard. I guess you can't be hidden anyway. But whatever. Yeah. I mean, you can see his eyes pretty well. <laughs> and you can see pretty much his whole face. I can just about understand the kid not recognizing him. But his wife? <laughs> yeah, they didn't give his wife very much to do except for get hit on by Ted, unfortunately. Well, we did. I think she was the. Uh, I like that she turned him down without Schwarzenegger having to intervene. Yeah. That, that is true, but it was like he almost had to just go like... Before yeah, he had to get super lecherous before she noticed what was going on. <laughs> but that again, that's why I like Phil Hartman here, just to that, that slow burn of yeah. absolute creepiness. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this that he was almost like a character from Happiness or something that just was in this movie. 
I also find it funny that his wife didn't notice she was married to Arnold Schwarzenegger until she saw him in that costume. <laughs> like he's been this buff the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's that last joke which made me really um, think that the satire button just didn't get pressed hard enough with the, what did you get me? I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, that that is like a, a devastating blow if you're like emotionally invested in how... I don't know how his marriage is doing because I think it's heavily implied the entire movie that it's like you're on the verge of losing your family, even yeah. if it's not true. But right, it landed super hard in your head. Did they freeze frame him on that? No, they did the big this like shock zoom on his face. Oh right, okay, shock zoom or <laughs> I, I, I was a, a freeze frame or a wark, 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 but okay, shock zoom. <laughs> but yep. again, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. You can just say, "I got you this." <laughs> <laughs> I got you arms of steel. <laughs> I got you a dick that can produce a child. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was going to go into that. Is it is this a movie, a sci-fi movie, just because Schwarzenegger is, is able to assume any form that he wants? That's our other um, excuse. We regularly really, use the excuse that if Schwarzenegger's in it, it's a sci-fi. <laughs> I'm really curious, Luke. Like, did... Growing up, did you feel like Schwarzenegger was an American? Oh, it seemed like no, because American? I'm European. Yeah. So we we I knew mean, full well he was Australian. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like it's a weird thing where in, in America you are, like, allowed to be coded American if you're, I guess, buff or something. I don't know. It's It's a weird thing where we have this very strict glass ceiling that we allow one person through every couple of years or something like that well like, i mean like everyone everyone says idris elba could be james uh, james bond even though that's not american obviously but americans right. are super on board with it and i feel like many other black men probably wouldn't be brought up in that conversation and it's just sort of like we i don't I know idris is a touch too old now for that one well it's it, give him the doctor who role i guess it's a pretty common thing though with you know any racist they stop being yeah. racist if they want to fuck the person. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and then as soon as they're denied, they're straight back to the racism. Was that whole thing in Do the Right Thing where it's like they have the basketball players on the wall and they're like, oh no, they're not, they're, they're not the same. You know, it's like that, that's always been a thing here. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's so weird that it's like there are people who are so like virulently anti-immigration and... Uh, Schwarzenegger is just like an American to them, basically. It's like I think Japanese would be a little quicker to confuse him as an American. Yeah, <laughs> but I think growing up, not living in America, my understanding of the country was: it's America. Anyone can live here. That's the point of America. And I still yeah. believe that until I was a bit older. <laughs> well, we definitely want people to believe that. I think um, every every time there's something like. Oh, first, uh, first Native American woman in Congress, or something like that. Every time I hear something like that, I'm like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like completely shocked. Just now, really? I, <laughs> yeah, because I just assume it's already ha- whatever it is. It already happened, right? I guess we gotta dial it down. Taking another box in our bingo card is the uh, Matt has a train to catch before long. So, <laughs> recording before train times. Yeah. One more thing I quickly want to bring up: when he's in the warehouse with all the Santas, and he gets attacked by the big Santa, I was like, "Oh my God, is that the Big Show?" And it was. Who? The Big Show. The Big Show. He's the current giant in wrestling. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if he's current anymore, but he's he, most I, recent at least. Yeah, I, I've seen him live in the last few years. So. Yeah, I saw him live in like 2000 and 
I don't know, seven or something? Yeah, I would have seen him in like 2016, 2017. So he's fairly recent if he has retired. Oh, God, who, well, was, who was the first counterfeit Santa? That was a notable actor. Oh, that was, uh, was uh, that James Belushi? James yeah. Belushi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Either one, I'm not trying to correct you. It took me like three minutes to work that out, though. <laughs> For a second, I was like, hey, it's Randy Quaid again. And I was like, no, it's the, <laughs> other, it's the other guy who's like sort of the less famous brother of somebody. I feel like Randy's the more famous one now. Well, yeah, for dubious reasons. <laughs> yeah, for dubious reasons. But, <laughs> because Dennis was the, the movie star handsome dude, and then but Randy's sort of uh he's the one people hear about now, so <laughs> he's a meme now. Yeah. <laughs> but, so um yeah, like and, said, and that one little person is always a villainous sidekick and everything. Yeah, Troy. Look at what his name was. No, somebody else. Right, someone else. But he's Roy definitely Sh- up. Not Roy Schneider. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> was. <Roy> <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, the, it's the other guy. <laughs> Troy was there, though, right? Uh, not. I think he was I one of the sectors. 96. Maybe not. Oh, he was on the IMDb. Oh, weird. I totally didn't. Maybe he was a cop or something. <laughs> I don't know. There were lots of Sandas. Yeah, there were quite a that few was, scenes. That was my favorite scene, though, because it was just like so crazy and elaborate, and really was totally unnecessary and sleazy. And yeah, I, I like, do wonder if I'd like the movie better with the Vern Troy or there. Oh, uh, Danny Woodburn is the other one that you're thinking of, right? Okay. <laughs> Curtis, yeah, Arms. I feel like Strong, I know I've seen him. Is he in our Santa? No, no, chain smoking Santa. I don't know. Anyway, chain yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> smoking Santa. Uh, I, I, we do need to wind down a little bit, but uh, Mark, what, mm-hmm. what's what's your doings these days? Any any internet presence? You put the, I know you put your quarantine on our uh, on our Facebook at least. Yes, quarantine is streaming via Slam Dance Film Festival. I just finished a score for a film called Snowblind, which is a short film coming out that'll have uh, Brent Hines from Mastodon in it. It's uh, directed by my friend Luke Godfrey, who works on Walking Dead. Um, I don't know what release plans are for it but it should be out within the next six months or so Um, nobody knows what happens with movies now right (laughs) uh yeah you could assume probably online but you know maybe online via film festival um stunrunner.bandcap.com there's still nothing there maybe there'll be something i've been i've been busy with vr so i don't do anything you know he's been lost in the virtual world yeah you're um the lieutenant barkley now (laughs) Yeah, I've been like Avatar, doing Avatar stuff. Right. You know, being blue blue guy. Mm. <laughs> Having weird like hair sex with aliens guess, and horses. Of course. So we, <laughs> I guess we have to do that movie at some point. I, I actually legit really like Avatar. So. <laughs> okay. I, I, I think it is great storytelling, maybe not the best story. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Luke, you, you want to do that, the ramble that makes you hate yourself? Uh, if you like this podcast, you can find it on Twitter at MLSFSPod. We're also on Facebook, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Just search Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. If you want to hear more of my voice, you can find my Monster Hunter podcast at Monster Mash Pod on Twitter, or you can search for Monster Mash Podcast. If you want to hear my Pokemon podcast, you can find that at Luke Loves BKMN on Twitter, or search Luke Loves Pokemon. And if you like the music you heard in this podcast, you can find more of Matt's music at RobotStageMedia.bandcamp.com. I like how it's sped up. Uh, this week, it's just me hey. doing hipster doofus Christmas songs on the ukulele. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All secular. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's the lounge secular Christmas special or something. <laughs> okay, we're jingling. It's Christmas. I, I think I think I put this out on actual Christmas, but it's hard to tell in Japan. So and then and then <laughs> our, and then I got the your our actual websites in British time, so I never know when I'm putting things out. But, uh, <laughs> it's Christmas ish when you're hearing this. Yeah, they they always seem to come up a day early for me, so I don't know what you do. That's because I want to be able to play them when I'm walking home on Tuesday nights. I see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, Mark, thanks for joining us, but now you and the listeners must please put the cookie down! But I want a cookie. No, (laughs) no cookies for you.
next week, Starship Troopers.